You know him because he's been in the fast lane before right here on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. And you also know him because he's a Roanoke guy. His old stomping grounds. His heart is in Roanoke, even though he's physically in Louisville, Kentucky, although not now. We're at the ACC basketball tip-off in Charlotte chatting with Luke Hancock, basketball analyst for ESPN and the ACC Network. Luke, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. We're glad to have you back in once again. And physically, you're in Louisville. How much is your heart still in the Roanoke area? You know, it's always going to be home. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I love love getting to chop it up with you. It's it, We've done it quite a few times and, and uh, always happy to be back. But yeah, Roanoke, um, you know, home is where your heart is, right? And uh, the heart of ACC country, really. Um, and I, I don't get back quite enough, but um, so many fond memories and great people in Roanoke. And I need to make more trips back there, to be honest. Well, when you mention that, too, I mean, you're in Louisville. you got a real nine-to-five job, and including with broadcasting, right? Financial planning. Yeah, I wouldn't say nine to five. It's kind of an always working thing. I I, uh, I like to stay on the grind, and uh, I've got a great team there um, with Raymond James and and great partners. Uh, so it kind of makes it all work. It's not not always the easiest, uh, but again, having a great team around you. I found that out early in my my basketball career and my business career. You need great people around you. So all right, I'll get real cheesy for a second. Everyone talks about life lessons, going pro in something other than sports. Yep. Did that resonate with you when you were a player? Or is it more like, okay, you got to the end of the line and you realized as much as you love basketball, the future in basketball for you might be with the mouth as opposed to with the rest of the body? Yeah, you know, um, your experiences kind of shape what happens to you, right? And I think being a, a pro basketball player for a very short time and tearing my Achilles, I saw plenty of guys that um, just didn't know how to invest their money and didn't know what to do. And that kind of pushed me towards finance. And then once I dug in, I, I was all go and uh, really enjoyed the industry. And like I said, I've, I found great partners and a great team. So uh, the flexibility they provide me to be able to uh, do the fun side and get to stay passionate with basketball and stay involved is uh, I, I feel very blessed. So you you reference that point. I, I promise we'll get to actual basketball. <laughs> with Luke Hancock, ACC Network Analyst here in the fast lane at the ACC Basketball Tip-Off. I, I got finance nerd in my bio on my social media. Yes. I can do that all yeah. day. See, I love the nerd part. Embrace it. I'm oh, trying yeah. to get my – I got twin five-year-old boys. We're trying to embrace the fact it's okay to be a little bit nerdy. I love it. I love it. So – Jay Billis, he also has got a regular job, not to bemoan people that do what we do for a living on that side, <laughs> but Jay Billis is a lawyer, ironically here in Charlotte, and then he does the basketball side of things. What discussions have you had with him? What type of a role model has he been for you that you can juggle both of those things if you manage it properly? Well, i got to be a little tentative with Jay because um, he likes to come after me a little bit. Ah. You know, ACC tournament gave me the Ron Burgundy with the jacket I was wearing. Um, but I love Jay, and uh, he's obviously the voice of college basketball and has been for a long time. He's somebody I, I really like and respect. Um, and somebody, you know, in this industry, you find the people you want to emulate, find the people that you think do a really good job, and then you try and copy things that you like. And uh, Jay's one of those people for me in, in business and being able to balance the basketball side, um, but also his just knowledge of the game. Uh, he's a little self-deprecating with his humor, which I really appreciate sometimes. And uh, just somebody who, um, goes all out with what he does. I mean, he's he's a brilliant basketball analyst, and and uh, I've heard a great attorney. Uh, again, he'll he'll be self self-depre <laughs> deprecating there, 
Um, but uh, just a, a guy who's been a mentor and a great leader for somebody young like me that's that's uh, trying to do a lot of similar things. Luke Hancock with us in the fast lane. We will now actually talk some basketball action from the ACC basketball tip-off as we're like four minutes into our chat with Luke here in the fast lane. The upcoming basketball season, Duke, are they clear-cut, speaking of Jay Bellis, is Duke clear-cut the favorite right now in the conference, given that they've got the rare exception? So often it's a one-and-done roster, but it seems like now they've got that high-end talent, but in a rarity, they've kept some guys around that may not normally stick around. Yeah, when you say just like far and away above everybody else, I just don't think that's, that happens in the ACC very often. And they did lose the 12th pick in the draft and the 22nd pick in the draft, but in terms of the bulk of their production on the court, they bring back the mass majority, and, and Derek Lively really came on through the year as a, a rim protector um, and helped that team down the stretch to, to really get to their potential. But they bring back so much. It's, it's hard not to pick them first, but when you have coaches like Tony Bennett, you have all the talent at UNC, you see what Miami's done the last few years, and then there's always an X factor. You know, Clemson and Pitt last year really challenging for the top. Uh, there's going to be those, those same teams this year. So are they just going to run away with the league? I would take the field. Um, but it's going to be a, a great competition at the top with all that talent Duke brings back. I mean, you bring back four out of five starters, plus you bring back the number two class in the country. They are stacking something special right now with John Shire and the Blue Devils. So you mentioned John Shire. Surprised at all that he's done as good of a job of sustaining the success while admittedly, putting his own little spin in terms of how he cooks that program compared to Coach K. Yeah, no no, no surprises. Um, he's been such a key piece in what, what they've been doing with recruiting and recruiting at such a high level. Um, he's great with building relationships. And when you get to talk to John Shire when he's not in the media and you get a, a real conversation with him, he's just so genuine. He cares. He loves the game. You can tell he's a basketball junkie and he's a really good guy. And so I, I'm not surprised that he's been able to get tons of talent to go to uh, Duke and how you piece it together. You know, the, the only criticism you really have with Duke right now is there, there's one basketball and now you have all these mouths that, that need to eat. And so that's the challenge with him. He's got all this talent and in the transfer portal environment for him to keep all those guys and not lose a ton to the portal, that to me is absolutely amazing. That, that shows your program is at such a high level because you have very, very good players, maybe not having huge roles that are still fully bought in to what the long-term goal is for this team. Luke Hancock, ACC Network Analyst, Roanoke Native, also is with us in the fast lane. The role, and we'll pivot from John Shire at Duke to, to Tony Bennett at Virginia. How valuable is it, speaking as a former player, to have a coach who has been there as a player but may not have been the star player, so he had to find all the little quirks and oddities and secrets, if you will, to maximize his talent, that he can translate that to star players and help get the most out of them. Yeah, I think realizing that the team isn't one person, it's not just the one talented guy that comes in, um, it's about a team. And usually the most talented teams are the guys that have the most NBA players. They don't win. You know, they don't win national championships every year. So it is about the team. Um, you've got guys across the league that have played at a high level, coached at a high level, and I think they embrace that. And with the transfer portal and name image likeness, everybody's getting older. And so teams are just getting better and better, and the product across the ACC is just improving because of these coaches. So looking at it this way, again, you can tell me true or false, I see a path for North Carolina to bounce back. They've got talent. I, I see a path for Virginia, even though they lost some talent from last year's team. 
But if you're asking me which coach I trust to get the most out of it, I mean, again, Hubert Davis has made the Final Four, and but he's got a two-year sample size. Am I right to believe that if you're sitting there saying, all right, challengers to Duke and Miami at the top of the ACC, I'll lean to Virginia because, well, they got a coach who's got a decade plus and a national championship ring to prove that. I mean, to be honest, Stevie Wonder could see that Tony Bennett is the man <laughs> and uh, his success in the ACC winning championships. And and people have talked about them being void of talent or at least the, the high-level ACC talent plenty of times, and he still gets it done. Uh, I think you're crazy if you're somebody who wants to pick Virginia to not finish in the top four in the league. Um, and they're always there in the last few games of the season to win an ACC championship. He's just done it. Um, in an incredible way, prioritizing defense and getting his guys to buy in maybe more than anybody in the country in their particular role. You know, that style is so unique. Tempo, the defense that they play, how they force you to play defense every possession for the entire shot clock is you have to be so disciplined and that requires buy-in and usually veteran guys. So it'll be interesting this year not having a bunch of veterans, right? Reese Beekman's the only one back off that team last year, but that's a pretty darn good one to bring back at the same time. Is he one of the most underrated players in the country? No doubt. No doubt. I saw a list yesterday of, of top 25 defenders in college basketball, and Reese Beekman's name wasn't on there. And I immediately said, this, this publication has no clue what they're talking about. And to lead the conference in assist-to-turnover ratio two years in a row, I mean, without a doubt, one of the more underrated players in the country. Now, is he going to take his scoring to the next level? Is he going to be able to lead this team to you know, potentially win an ACC championship and go make some noise in the tournament? It's tough with a lot of new players in that system, but if there's a guy to do it, again, Reese Beekman, as good as it gets in terms of leader and, and the intangible things that maybe not show up in the stat sheet. Luke Skywalker won Twitter and Instagram. He's on the 11, ACC 11. Network. 11, sorry. That's all I missed right. one, one digit at the end. That's all right. Uh, Luke Skywalker. And by the way, if you just put the one in, it would probably fill it out for That's you. That's true. Too. So I, I'm going to give myself credit even though I don't deserve it. <laughs> um, Luke Skywalker. His, his social media handles call him. He's Luke Hancock, and he's ACC Network Analyst here in the Fast Lane. Sticking on the Virginia side of things, but there's a different angle to what we mentioned. You mentioned Reese Beekman coming back. He had he explored the NBA. There was thought maybe he would enter the transfer portal, but could improve defense, improve as a ball handler, improve as a scorer. How much does it help Tony Bennett that he has a list of guys now who have stuck around, like Malcolm Brogdon, DeAndre Hunter, Anderson from years ago, even Trey Murphy in his one year there. Guys that stick around, ultimately, when they dedicate themselves to fine-tuning something, from my perspective, it looks like they do it, and it prepares them for that second contract, the lucrative one in the NBA. Oh, no doubt. Uh, I mean, as far as uh, developing players, got to be up there at tops in the country. And it's taking guys that fit his system and then showing off what their strengths are. And in that Virginia system, you may think guys aren't going to score enough points or they're not going to showcase certain things. That's just not true, and it's proven that way. You could keep going down the laundry list of guys that have made big-time money in the NBA, and, and I think he prioritizes the right things. And, you know, people get lost in the fluff or the hype of certain players, but there's substance at Virginia, and it's been that way since Tony Bennett's gotten there. And like I said, you could keep going down the list of players that have made lots and lots of money. Joe Harris is one that pops up right away that you didn't necessarily mention, but you know, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, those guys came in, good players, you know, big recruits, but 
went to such another level through their time with Tony Bennett. Luke, a couple more questions for you. One is on Virginia Tech. Obviously, the news came out Tuesday evening. Rodney Rice not going to be with the program. How big of a blow is that for Mike Young's team? It's big. Um, you know, it's not one of those typical years where you kind of know who's going to slot into some of those positions, especially in the backcourt. And he's a guy that could have been an X factor for them because he's a little bit different than the other guys they have. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he replaces that. Um, but sometimes, you know, this guy's coached a ton of great teams. And with him, it's about the fit. And it's about guys coming together and playing in that system. Uh, so, you know, you got to trust what Mike Young's doing. I feel bad for, for Rodney Rice because everybody was really excited he was going to have a breakout year. But uh, sometimes you just got to go a different direction. Disappointing news for the Hokies for sure. What's their upside now? Does it change that much? I think he was a big piece. You know, there's still talent there. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Hunter Couture and, and Sean Pajula, like, you don't need a whole lot more than that, but depth has, has been a little bit of an issue for them in the past, and they don't have kind of the prolific big they've had in the last few years with, like, Grant Basile and, and Keve Aluma and then the, the ultimate Swiss Army knife and Justin Mutt. So you've got a lot to replace. Rodney Rice would have really helped with a lot of those things. Um, but it's a blow, not one that Mike Young can't overcome. Last one for you, Luke. Luke Hancock with us in the fast lane. And again, we're grateful for your time. But looking ahead to the season, you mentioned you know, teams that kind of rise up. NC State was one of those last year. How does Kevin Keats, guy who's from Lynchburg, ties to Hargrave, obviously Ferrum. So he's, he kind of touches our whole Virginia Talk Radio oh, Network yeah. footprint. How does he and how do NC State sustain all that given as great as last year was, a lot of the key contributors from Smith to Joyner and others no longer there? Well, he's done this before. So I, I played for Kevin Keats at Hargrave. Um, in that system, you have to reload every year. And I think this is year six or seven in a row where he's had to replace a leading scorer. And you think about do-it-all guys like Darion Sebron and Terquavion Smith. He's going to do it again. And the transfer portal benefits somebody like Kevin Keats in, in this new environment. Um, I, I think they get a little bit of sustained success with a few guys just that will return and can be consistent in that program and he's going to be competing at the top of the league. Um, but right now, you got to figure out how you replace a ton of backcourt production in Jarkel Joyner and Turquavion Smith. And when I asked Kevin Keats about it, he said, we got to figure out who's going to really show up when the lights are on. Because he knew one thing last year, that Baby T and Jarkel Joyner were going to show up when the lights were on, and they, they embraced that moment. you got to see who's going to do that. Is it you know DJ Horn, the, the transfer from Butler? You know, there, There's options, but um, you really don't know until the lights are on. Luke Skywalker 11, Twitter and Instagram. Well I got it right. <laughs> Luke, a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you much in the fast lane. We look forward to chatting again, even if you don't get over to the Roanoke uh, area. We look forward to speaking hopefully soon in the fast lane. I hope so, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So as we transition from Luke Hancock to another individual <laughs> who has a lot of ties to Luke Hancock. He's been around the Roanoke area where Luke's from. He coached at Ferrum one time. He's also... Coach Luke at Hargrave in the Danville Southside part of our Virginia Talk Radio Network footprint. And he's from Lynchburg, where we are based in the Virginia Talk Radio Network. He covers the entire gamut with his background, Kevin Keats. He's joining us, NC State Headman's basketball coach here in the fast lane. Coach, a pleasure to speak with you. We thank you for your time today. Did we hit it all, basically getting your entire background in one fell swoop? Well, we, we hit it all. I have no idea what Luke said. But if you really want the real truth about Luke Hancock, all you got to do is ask me. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm born and raised in Lynchburg, Virginia. I uh, love it. My parents still live, live there. I have family there. 
uh, unbelievable place. Uh, then you think about Danville. I was in Chatham, Virginia, which is 15 minutes from Danville, and at Hargrave Military Academy for 12 years. And so, you know, it's a it's exciting. Uh, I love the state. I've always loved the state. I love to get back in that area. It's really beautiful there, um, and it holds a special place in my heart. So all those particular points about our footprint, which coincides with the footprint of NC State head coach Kevin Keats, who's with us in the fast lane, um, you're not too far from there at NC State. Being close to this area, when you took that job from UNC Wilmington, how much did that appeal to you that you're familiar with the triangle, you're familiar with NC State, and its place as a story program in ACC basketball? Well, it, it, it played a huge part because, you know, I, I wanted to, um, you know, get my kids, my two sons closer, you know, to my, uh, my family, my mom and dad, and my wife's mom. And so it, it played a huge role because I knew that, you know, my family, my parents don't fly. And I knew it was an opportunity. You know, if I took a job, that there was one piece of it that they would have the opportunity to drive over and see games and everything else. And, um, you know, I knew that was a footprint where I'd been successful, where I've been able to recruit that region and that area. And I thought it would all translate to good things at NC State. Kevin Keats with us in the fast lane. We're touching on NC State basketball as they get ready for the upcoming season. And you made it back to the NCAA tournament for you personally, but for Wolfpack basketball, which that's obviously a year in and year out goal for them. How do you build on that success with a roster that loses a ton of key players, notably Jarkel Joyner and Terquavian Smith? Well, I, we lost two really good players and what an incredible year we had, you know, 23 overall wins and 12 and eight in this um, tough conference. Uh, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to build, you know, we started when I first took the job, we had three straight 20 some win seasons. And then you kind of had this thing that took over called COVID that got in between. And then we, you know, we had a tough season, but to the credit of the guys that we recruited, they wanted to get back into the tournament. And we have those same type of guys um, returning two really good players and DJ Burns and uh, Casey Morsell, but adding seven new transfers and one freshman that I think are all hungry to play back in the NCAA tournament. You mentioned the volume of transfers. I, I'll, I'll spill the beans a little bit. Our listeners who missed it can check it out. Fastly Ned where they listen to podcasts. But Luke Hancock mentioned that's one of your strengths. How much has your background at Hargrave Military Academy, where you're always building a new roster, helped you navigate what is a much different landscape in college basketball with the transfer portal? It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers some other coaches. Um, it's still a tough thing to navigate, but because we've had the opportunity for those so many years at uh, Hargrave, for people that don't know much about Hargrave is a prep school. We would have a new team every year. Those guys would come in mostly one year and, you know, go on to Division One programs. And so the change which may affect some other coaches or really bother them is it's something that I was used to very early in my career. Uh, not that I love it, but I think it's one of those things that we've had to adjust. And what you have to do is you've got to be able to teach your offense, teach your defense, uh, teach your philosophy and your culture a little quicker than you ever anticipated doing. What did you learn from your time at Hargrave in particular as well about the team chemistry aspect and identifying guys who fit team chemistry, helping them achieve their individual goals while also trying to do it now, especially at a place like NC State where fans' expectations are to be in the NCAA tournament and to make runs? Yeah, you, you have to, you know, I learned at Hargrave is that you, you've got to get guys on the same page really, really quick. 
And, and a lot of times I tell folks it's, it's your relationship off the court that contributes to a lot of wins on the court. And so, you know, what we've had to do at NC State is try to have, you know, times when those guys go out, we go bowling, we may go hang out. We took a trip to Wilmington to, for, for those guys to come together a little bit. Some years you have, every four years you have a foreign trip. Last year we had a foreign trip. We had 10 practices. We went over to Bahamas, played um, two good teams. But sometimes you get caught in a year when you don't have that and you've now you got to figure out how to get creative. So getting creative with that particular element brings us back kind of full circle to the outlook for NC State basketball this season as Kevin Keats, our head coach, is with us here in the fast lane. Where are you right now as the season gets ready to begin in terms of being gelled enough where you can hit the ground running and take advantage of some good opportunities, especially in non-conference play? Well, we need another month. Uh, but we don't have that. Uh, we, we know that the season is um, rapidly approaching and it'll be here November the 6th. Um, we're, we're getting there. Um, I wish I was a little further in advance. And as I told you last year, that team had a little bit more advantage because of the, the travel to Bahamas. But our guys are working hard and, um, you know, we'll be ready on November 6th. But I don't want anybody asking me to be ready on November the 3rd. Now, we got we got to take that time and we got to continue to jail. Our, our guys got to continue to get better and we got to learn on the fly. When you look at this particular landscape of the ACC, I mean, you're in an extremely basketball-rich area where there is a lot of pressure and expectation. And a lot of that seemed to be uh, put on your shoulders entering last season. And obviously, you answer that by getting to the NCAA tournament. Do you feel that pressure at all as a coach, or is it something that you kind of felt knowing it when you signed up for the job to begin with? Yeah, I think every coach, I think one of the myths is that the fans or the um, schools put the pressure on you. I think every coach that takes a program, I, I, I would venture to say the pressure that they put on themselves uh, to to win and to get better it's probably larger than any pressure that you can get from the outside and so i you know i when you take a you take a job whether it's uncw whether it's hargrave or nc state there are pressures that come with the job but most of them are internally kevin keats stopping by the fast lane we're touching on college basketball you mentioned november 6th not november 3rd but november 6th being ready for the start of the season what's the one area on this team where you feel most confident that they can hit the ground running and deliver a winning product? Well, I think the team has a chance to be a really good, solid defensive team. Uh, we don't have two guys like Taquavion Smith and um, Jarkel Jonah that make and go for 30 on any given night. But we have a bunch of guys that I think that and when they play together, we got nine or ten dudes that if they play together, they can all average around 10, 11, 12 points a game and be very successful. I think this team um, – our versatility, our depth would help us on, help us earlier in the season. You mentioned the phrase defense. You've coached guys at Hargrave to the NBA. You've done it at NC State as well. How much does that separate the players that ultimately have a chance to stick in the, the next level, understanding that, it, it, from my perspective at least, and you know basketball better than I do, obviously, but at the next level, they value who you can defend. That's often your ticket to longevity. Yeah, we, we're talking about, you know, what our guys now is um, complete 100% buy-in and do whatever you have to do to help the team win. If you're a scorer, be a scorer. If you're a defender, which most of our guys have to be, there has to be some role players in order for us to be successful. And, you know, one of the things we talk about is how do you get on the floor? How do you impress people early? How do you help your team early? And most of them is on the defensive end. Kevin Keats, NC State Wolfpack head coach in the fast lane. 
as we start wrapping things up here and we appreciate your time again, the areas of concern. What's the one area where, you know, you get to 4.30 in the morning, you're constantly tossing and turning, trying to, you know, get an extra minute or two of sleep, and you're like, man, this thing's got me up earlier than I should be. Well, just developing chemistry. Um, you know, there's no concern with the, the players that we have on our program, the players we have on our team. It's just, you know, how quickly can we, you know, become a complete team. Kevin Keats with us here in the Fast Lane. Kevin, thank you very much for your time. We're grateful for it, and uh, it's always great to connect with you and help uh, hopefully reconnect you to the Virginia Talk Radio Network footprint, which happens to mesh perfectly with yours. Yeah, absolutely, and, um, you know, shout out to the Hill City. Indeed. Oh, one more question. Can yeah. we sneak one in as well, yeah, if you're absolutely. cool with Because last year, Liberty University, and we, we cover Liberty as part of yeah. our teams, their biggest challenge, or one of them, was Eastern Kentucky last year. Yeah. What's your relationship like with A.W. Hamilton? And if I'm off base in saying this, he's one of those coaches, whenever people are like coaches to watch for and how yeah. they could grow, he seems like he fits that description. A.W. has done a tremendous job. He's like a, um, a son to me. He's like a little brother to me. He's done a great job at the, with that program. And um, Richie's done a good job at Liberty also. But uh, I, I'm so proud of what A.W. has done. I think his team will be picked first or second in preseason. Um, he's got a lot of returners. Um, he does a great job. They're really tough to play against, and I'm proud of what he's accomplished there. So are you glad now that Richie and A.W. at Eastern Kentucky and Liberty don't have to go head-to-head -head in this well, season? Well, no, I mean, I'm, I'm going to always <laughs> – look, I love I, I love my hometown, but A.W., I'm rooting for Eastern Kentucky. I, will, I would do that. <laughs> you have to. He's That's like right. your little brother. That's so right. Kevin Keats with us in the fast lane. Kevin, thank you very much for your time. We appreciate it. Good luck to you and the NC State Wolfpack this season. Hey, thanks for having me on. Kevin Keats with us in the fast lane. What a way to wrap things up. You know how to connect with us. Fast lane at lane where you listen to podcasts – Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are back tomorrow, 5 to 5.30 before Virginia Tech Syracuse pregame show takes over.